Welcome back to another episode of the I Respectfully Disagree podcast. Uh, before we even get started, man, make sure to hit the like, share, subscribe, all that good jazz, man. I'm trying to grow the YouTube channel. Appreciate everybody that's already done that and all the support online via Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, etc. Um, I want to welcome back. What in the world? I don't know Recording in progress. Is. I don't know who's. Can you still hear me? Yeah, I can still hear you. Oh God, I don't know what's going on. Well, minus the technical difficulties. Hey. Uh, I want to welcome back to the podcast, Miss Rachel. She's been a familiar voice on here. I think you've done what two, three? Yeah, this this will be my third one. Yeah. Okay. So we talked about doing another one, and then yeah, life. Yeah, life. So real life happens. <laughs> So this one yeah, is uh, per request of you. Uh, we did an episode, a couple episodes ago, about Tom mm-hmm. Brady and his decision to uh, continue to play football versus uh, go ahead and retiring and chilling with his family. And uh, me and you kind of had an interesting conversation via uh, Facebook. So you said that uh, you actually sent me a link because I didn't know that he'd done the comment in regards to comparing it to the military and right. we'll touch on that here in a minute because you know you yourself you're military your husband's military so i would love to get your perspective on on that comment but the floor is yours in regards to tom brady marriage all this good jazz man because i've well, seen you go off on him well and then, and this is something that like i'm i'm a patriots fan now i haven't been like a big football fan for probably more than maybe 12 years because I didn't really understand the game. Like, I liked it because, you know, we were at your house watching that uh, the Steelers mm-hmm. Super Bowl years ago. Um, but I've never liked Tom Brady, even as a Patriots fan. I don't like him. I think he is a baby back bitch. He's a, he, all he does is complain and cry, and I will stand by that. And you I'll, I'll say that first. you. Oh, wow. And, and I get that a lot because people are like, well, how are you a Patriots fan? You don't like Tom Brady. And. I kind of I got to steal a line from Kevin Costner from um, uh, Draft Day. It's a character thing for me. I don't like him. Uh, I just I never ever have. So this whole thing, yeah, it rose in the wrong way. And of course, like I got like a little bit excited when he compared the NFL to deployment because I was like, oh, <laughs> what? So I've kind of had time to you know like calm down about it. Um, but no, I, I just I've never liked. Tom Brady. He's an amazing player. I can't deny that. But personality wise, I just I don't like him. Um that is, honestly, so the that whole, is a first. Like I'm 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 blown away by that. Because growing it's, up, it's like ahead, it's like there, there's certain players that I like I, I joke about like I love to hate. Like I love to hate Richard Sherman. The man is intelligent. He is one hell of a player. But I will laugh my ass off every single time when I watch that, you know, his reaction from that face. Super Bowl. Oh, are you talking about the Super Bowl? Yeah, I'm talking about the Super Bowl. That you know, because he would just he would always talk, you know, his shit. And but he's confident. He was so good. And but I'm happy to see. Like I w- we were watching Thursday Night Football last night. I'm happy to see him recover from you know what happened. You know, like a year ago. And yeah. um, so there's players that I love to hate. There's players that I respect. I just can't. I respect Tom Brady as a player, like a little bit as far as his talent's concerned. Mm-hmm. But as a person, absolutely not. And see, I've I've had to learn to appreciate Tom Brady 
Um, I was never a Tom Brady fan, and I'm I feel that way about Peyton Manning, same way that you do. It's like mm-hmm. he's so damn good where you have no choice but to like him. Right. I was one of them people where I always I thought Peyton Manning was better. It just so happens that New England was always the better team. Right. And of course, with that, Tom Brady gets all the credit. And once you add up the Super Bowl rings, it's like you sound stupid trying to argue Peyton Manning versus Tom Brady or whatever. But just from an eye test and being a great quarterback, I always felt like Peyton Manning was better. And now you look at some of the struggles that Tampa's going through, and I'm saying, like, what happened to all those years where people like, oh, you can give Tom Brady anybody. He's going to make everybody right. good, blah, blah, blah. So deep down inside, I'm kind of enjoying the struggles. Oh, yeah. I mean, like like him yelling at his uh, at his line last week. I was like, <laughs> that's the Tom Brady I see. That's the Tom Brady I don't like. The whole thing with uh, the Falcons game, with that BS call on roughing the passer, but he gets away from, you know, kicking the guy which should have drawn that personal foul, which would have changed. I'm not saying changed everything, but it would have made a difference. But then you try to, and this is why I say it's a character thing. You try to sell the rough and the passer call. You get it, which is BS. And then when you're asked about it three days later, you'd be like, oh, well, you know, I I don't make those calls. But you asked for it and you knew it was wrong after you were just trying to avoid a personal foul. Exactly. I don't like Tom Brady. <laughs> exactly. So let me ask you this then. So so does that play a part in how you feel in regards to him and his wife and their situation in regards to retirement or continuing to play? I don't honestly I don't think it does. I mean, when he said he was going to retire, when he went to Tampa, it was kind of like, okay, what, you know, personally, okay, whatever. And then he says he's going to retire and I'm like, well, you can about time, you know, if he's, you know, clearly an accomplished player, you can't deny that. Mm-hmm. But then for me, it was when he did the, the, oh, I'm going to unretire. And I was like, okay, this is a publicity stunt. This isn't about football. <laughs> this isn't about, this is just about you being, you know, whatever. But then when the, I was not surprised at all when the whole thing with him and Giselle came out about her having a problem with it. And I felt, oh my gosh, I felt that because my husband's active duty so we move um every we've moved in two years we've moved i don't think we've ever stayed more than three and a half years anywhere in the almost 12 years we've been married um so we've had those discussions about what could possibly happen like we know perfect example right now he may finish out his two and a half years here go to Korea by himself for a year and then come back here and retire to allow me to stay in a position to where I can grow my career and our daughter can stay in school. Mm-hmm. But we've had circumstances where we've talked about where we might go. And then he calls me and goes, Hey, we're moving here in March. I said, excuse me. We're what we, we haven't even been here two years. You know, and then that affects my career and how my job goes. So I felt when it came to Giselle, like I was, that's why I kept saying last week, I was like, there's a conversation that was had that where they sat down and talked about how the rest of their life was going to go. Was It wasn't about football. It wasn't about money. It wasn't about who's going to stay home with the kids. It was, this is how our life as a couple, as a family is going to go. And I personally feel like 
he made the decision to unretire without saying anything to his partner, to his wife, even like as a courtesy, I'm not saying ask permission, but that that's why I was talking about that mutual respect. I feel like that was violated and that's why she's so upset. So it's been interesting for me to sit back and see the reactions and that's why, like, I was so deep in on the podcast. Like, if you could have heard me while I was listening to the podcast, I was yelling at y'all. <laughs> but, I mean, that's why I was, like, straight away, right after I got done, that's when I got on Facebook. And we, what, it was all day. Yeah. We were just going back and forth all day. So now that I'm so, hearing it, now that I'm hearing it, I can see it. And with you comparing it to your current situation, and, you know, now it makes more sense because I was only looking at it from a football lens. Right. And, and that makes sense. My thing was, I'm like, okay, both parties are stupid rich. So it's <laughs> like, what is it that she could, you know, what is it that she's missing in hmm. terms of any form of completion in life to where it's like, you got to retire from football so I can continue to do what? And that's how I was right. looking at it. And in terms of him coming out of, retirement after two months i was looking at it strictly from okay new orleans is a dumpster fire atlanta is a dumpster fire <laughs> has been one the carolina panthers especially after last night trading away uh cmc they're a dumpster fire green bay is garbage with losing adams so if i'm a competitor and i'm somebody of tom brady's stature i'm like this is the perfect opportunity to try to steal another ring. Right. So, no, nah, no, nah, I ain't hanging it up yet. I'll be back. <laughs> See y'all in training camp. But now it's like, in my opinion, you see how much this is weighing on him. Not only in oh, his absolutely. Life, it's it's showing. But now on the field. And it's just like, <laughs> uh, life ain't always easy. You know, the grass ain't always greener. On the other no, side. and I, I called it whenever they said, you know, he was going out of training camp for like 10, 11 days. I already knew. Yeah. I was like, I, I didn't need the news to tell me why he was gone or what was going on. Just being in that situation, I was like, that's exactly what it's about. So let me ask you this, because, you know, being a woman, it's like sometimes men kind of baited and, and you know, they just assume that, you're not going to go nowhere. Oh, you're just talking. You're not going to do nothing. Right. And in this situation, I guess she has called his bluff. And now it's like, oh, shit. Excuse my language. This is for real. <laughs> this is for real. So now it's like we're we're really going through a divorce. Like we're really going through this. And then on that other episode, you know, we kind of talked about the, the influence it would have on the kids and things like mm -hmm. that. And I was like, oh, man, they're 10 and 12. Like. Hopefully they understand. But now it's like, okay, you fast forward. He's made this comment in regards to comparing it to the military. And I'm like, come on. I read last night where he tried to backtrack it. So I got, I got, I got problems with that apology too. So that's go, not an apology. So go for it. So for those that do not know what happened, because I didn't until you sent me the article, right. I had no idea. So you're the one who sent it to me. The floor is yours. So he was doing a podcast, I believe it was uh, with Larry Fitzgerald. And I understand now, looking back on it, 
he was saying that being in the NFL with the biz, the way the season is, it's like being on a deployment in the military, which rubbed a lot of people, myself included, the wrong, completely wrong way. Um, but what I think what he was initially trying to get at, and I can't believe I'm kind of backing him up on this, but what he was getting at was that the demanding schedule. So I understand that. Then he makes an apology, and I put it in quotes because last night was not an apology. It was a, um, I'm sorry you took it that way. Not, and I'm sorry for what I said. It's, yeah. Um, it was literally, I'm sorry anybody took it that way. That's not what I meant. And uh, like I said, I mean, the training camp they go through, the physical demands these guys go through, yes. It's, that's, that's hard. I'm, you know, I imagine you're away, you are away from family. You don't get to see him very much because that is your job. But $30 million a year kind of helps with that, alleviate that issue, which is what some of us have issues with. <laughs> but I mean, I'm seeing Brady fans, Brady fans, Patriot fans, people that I've known, you know, forever mm-hmm. that are military. And every single one of us is just dragging him through the mud because you don't have any idea. Right. And I'm 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 glad we're here because I want to quickly uh, shout out my friend Mario from uh, my therapist made me do this podcast. I don't know if you've ever listened to it. I've shouted out on here several times, but if you get a chance, actually listen to it. He's military, and he just did an episode. I want to say what two episodes ago, maybe three. He's currently in Africa, mm-hmm. so he's away from his family, and you know, right now, you know, his kids are you know involved in sports and different things like that. And it's having a toll on him just from a yeah. mental aspect. And he, you know, did a whole episode about deployment and, you know what I'm saying, situations. So to hear Tom Brady say that, to hear you say this, it's like, you know, it's it's an interesting perspective because as an outsider, somebody that's not military, I can see what he was trying to say. Right. But. For someone like yourself or Mario, it's like that might be a sensitive topic. So I can it, it is because I mean you look at it and like I was I was Kentucky National Army, Kentucky National Guard. And my husband's active duty army. So I've been, you know, a military spouse and there's a whole background to that. But I put it in quotes just because it's it is what it is. But um for twelve we're going on twelve years now. And we got married in we got married in March. I got pregnant in August. The next May I had Adriana and then he got um he got sent to Korea for a year. And she wasn't even 6 months old. Mm. And I know people who have you know they've had almost all of their kids and their spouse has been deployed. And you know that's that spouse doesn't get to meet their children until their kids are three, six, nine months old. Um, Xavier missed her first steps. He missed a good chunk of Jada's life growing up from deployments and then, you know, divorce and custody and everything else. Um, When he went to Korea, you know, I said, the only thing I asked is, can you come home for her first birthday? And he was able to take leave and come home. But then I also on a personal level, a really, really personal level, you know, when my dad died back in 2015, what a lot of people don't know is that Xavier deployed 24 hours before that happened. Mm. So he deployed Sunday. My dad died 24 hours later. 
and I had to stay up until he got into Germany where he could see a message where I kept sending him, you need to call me to tell you what's going on. And his first thing was, do you want me to come home? Because the military would have let him considering the circumstances for a few days. And I literally said, no, I said, I just said goodbye to you. I just want you to know what's going on. I'll handle it from here. Mm-hmm. And that's stuff. That's the kind of stuff that we deal with. Right. You know, his, um, uh, he had a grandmother pass away when he was in Korea and we were able to get him home just in time to see the funeral for like three days and then go back. Um, I mean, it, you don't understand the pressures that somebody goes through with a deployment until you're on the phone and I choke about it now, but it's, it's also really kind of sick, but like his last deployment, we were on the phone and I hear rockets and shooting in the background and I start laughing because I'm like, oh, who's getting shot? And that's that's not normal. But for us, it, you know, just like, hey, are you okay? That, that's story. it. True story. Yeah. I mean, he's he's called me real quick because whenever, you know, an incident happens, you see these like shootings at these fobs overseas and stuff. He's, we've been fortunate enough where he's been like, hey, something's going on. I'll contact you as soon as I can. And I know what that means. Mm-hmm. I mean, that means that they're going to be on blackout forever. How long to figure out what happened, if anybody's injured, if they have to report anything so that nothing gets back to a family member of somebody who's deceased or injured before the military lets them know. So that's blackout communication. I may not talk to him for two or three days right? and try being at work. And I, I couldn't, I was at work and I just sat there and stared at my computer because even though I knew in the back of my head, I'm like, he's Okay. I don't actually know that. Yeah. And see, that's why, so, I, was, that's why I was mentioning right. my friend Mario because he, he said the same exact thing in regards to his wife. Him and his wife are both military. And mm-hmm. I think he said she was in uh, Afghanistan or somewhere. I can't remember. I apologize. Um, but he would be on the phone with her. And, you know, she's like such and such building just got bombed. Or he would, you know, say the things that, that you were just saying. Mm-hmm. And he was like, she just kind of laughed, chuckled. Yeah. It was like. Now I hear two people say the same exact things. And it's like the audacity of Tom Brady to compare that when they right. just said last weekend, he hops on his private jet to go to uh Robert Kraft's wedding party or whatever. Right. So I, I get it now. It, it makes, it makes sense. And I understand how people might take offense to that in regards to that comparison. Yeah. Because, I mean, it's it's like I said, you know, it's it's so normal for us that we can laugh about stuff like that. But that doesn't mean it's actually normal. So when somebody makes that comparison, you're like, hold on. Do you know how many birthdays he's had to miss? You know how many important moments he's had to miss the strain it's put on a relationship? And we're best friends and we're very fortunate for that. And we have always been fortunate enough to have an open line of communication during a deployment, which a lot of people don't, they don't, they're not fortunate enough to have that. And there's only been one time in 12 years that we didn't get to talk pretty much almost every day for an entire month. And it was the hardest thing we've ever been through. And that was just a training exercise because we are that close and that communication has kept us open. So when you talk about, you know, Brady and Giselle and why she's mad, it, that's why I was saying that line of communication, that trust, if that's broken, you don't have anything. 
That's fair. I mean, because when, when he deploys and my kids will back me up on this, nothing, nothing changes. We go into routine. This is how this happens. You go to bed. I have my time. I fall asleep on the couch. Wake up. At- hold on, hold on. You cut out. Nothing changes when he leaves. Nothing. Dang it. That's why I said I, I don't know what. Can you still hear me? Yeah, I can still hear you. Can you? I can see you now, but it, okay. it pause for a minute. Or sure. Whatever. Like I said, you know, hey, that's technology. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta love it. That's technology. Like I said, at the end of the day, the audio is still coming through, so that's 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 perfect. good. That's perfect. But no, I, I I get it now, and it it makes it makes more sense. Yeah. Like I said, I was with that uh stupid jock mentality. It's all or nothing. Trying to win by any means necessary. And that's, and, that's, and that's why I jumped in with what I did. I was like, I know I just Wikipedia this. I'm like, but let, let's be clear that she has always been more successful than he is, than he has. So as far as but like. That was my angle because I was like, okay. Right. She's worth more than he is. So what reason would it be for him not to have that self-fulfillment? It's like. Right. He's still able to compete at a high level. And if this is what brings him you know, joy, then I'm like, why is this a debate? But now when you break down and put it under a magnifying glass and you, you start talking about the actual relationship itself, communication, how it impacts home life, mm-hmm. it makes sense. Yeah. Like I, I mean, said, that's why I was saying, like, just coming from somebody who I've had to, like, you and I both know I've been jobs. I've been without a job for a couple months now. So I've been job searching and I see people look at my resume like, oh, it's impressive. Why do you move around so much? Because I've done a million different things. Mm-hmm. But that's because my career has to revolve around his until his settles down and mine can actually take off. So we had to have that conversation on how it affects me. And this is the first time I've been this long without a job. And he's really seeing it now. Because before we haven't had too much of an issue. Mm-hmm. But now he's seeing, oh, wow, all of a sudden, you know, I, I've got my degree. I've got everything I've been told I'm supposed to have. I've got all this sort of experience and I can't find a job. And it's because we moved. But if we had stayed in New York, I would have moved up in my position. Right. And that's a sacrifice we make. So understanding that give and take and, um, you know, that compromise in that type of situation when one of you is more high profile than the other. Like I just I see it from a different angle. That's that's really all that is. Nah, like I said, it it, it makes sense now. It does. Well, no, but I mean, in all honesty, what y'all were saying makes makes sense too. It does. It's just it's not just one thing. Yeah, I think it's a bit of everything, really. I get it. In regards to you know your previous statement, um, oh my. Uh, let's see here. Like I said, due to technical difficulties, like I said, I don't know what's going on with Zoom or whatever. It kept, I guess, it's kicking off on on my end. But um, we'll finish it over the phone, like I said. Um, and I'll clean up the little video aspects of it, and we'll go from okay. there. Um, I said we were we were last talking about Tom Brady how it impacts family life, kids, and things like that. And you also wanted to touch on <laughs> kids in general. <laughs> I mainly wanted to bring – I brought that up because of what 
yo, you, you saying you came home from practice every night and you were frustrated. And just the way some of these kids act. And I get, I catch flack a lot, but I stand by it. Because I tell people, it's like I told you last night, I don't like other people's kids. And people look at me like, you don't like kids? I'm like, no, I don't like your kids. <laughs> and it's not, it's not me being, you know, this like evil person. It's a lot of, you know, I, I raise my kids the way I raise my kids. And, you know, I can't control your kids and I'm not trying to, you know, that's, that's your, that's your lane with saying it. But let's be honest, the way some people raise their kids makes you wonder how the hell they were raised and in what barn they grew up in. Exactly. Like the, the lack of respect for adults is like manners is real big in that. And Facts. when we, when Xavier and I got married, you know, I grew up in a house that was very much, yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. No, it was all that. And whereas he didn't. So, but he began to understand where I was coming from. So that's something I push with my kids. Like, they're like, yeah, yeah, I got it. I'm sorry, you what? Yeah, I got it. No, I heard, I'm waiting for you to fix it. Yes, (laughs) ma'am. Thank you. You know, that's, and and that's about as strict as we get in in our house. And just, you know, as the years have gone on, we figured out, you know, what our parenting style is. But some of these kids, the way they talk to adults, I'm like, bring your mother here. Let me slap her. <laughs> like, I mean, not not literally, but it just it. I don't, I don't know. It's no, I, I get. I'm it. not. Gonna, I'm not going to discipline your kid by any means, but that doesn't mean I'm going to like the way that you raise them or the way they talk to me, and I don't have to put up with it. You know, right? But I know you coach kids, so you see a lot more of it. Whereas I just try to stay away from people. And <laughs> I, I think that's the the most difficult part. Because I made a reference to it not too long ago where I was just like, I'm trying to figure out the best methods to reach these kids because I understand people come from different uh, backgrounds. You know, people are raised different and you Mm -hmm. have to be mindful of how you speak to other people's children. So I've tried the calmly talking approach. And then at that point, it gets to like, all right, they don't respect you. So now you're too soft. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Then you try yelling at them. You try to put your foot down, hopefully to kind of scare them. Because I know with my kids, if I raise my voice, they know I mean business. Right. If I look at them a certain way, they know I mean business. Mm -hmm. But then it's like in practice, it's like, okay, if I raise my voice, Shit, they're just gonna raise theirs right back. I know. <laughs> and it's like and like I told them, it's like I'm not gonna go back and forth with no nine year old or no ten year old. No. And the crazy thing is, you know, this week was just rough because we're getting now to the meat and potatoes of the season where now practices are very important. We're actually gonna start playing games. So it's very important that you all pay attention understand what we're trying to teach. So that way, Mm -hmm. when we do start playing, we don't look like we have, we don't got a clue what's going on out there. And that's my fear. It's like, I understand they're just children. So it's, it's not just winning and losing for me because it's like, all right, a lot of these kids have never played before. So you can't expect to turn water into wine. But at the same time, I know that Coach and I are giving these kids everything that they need 
to succeed at this level. But yet we're having to deal with discipline issues, kids talking back. Mm-hmm. And it's just like it it finally reached a boiling point the other day. And I was just like, I, I lost it. I will admit I lost my cool. And I was just like, man, <laughs> I had to start <laughs> evaluating whether or not it's worth it. And I hate to say it that way because it's like you don't ever want to walk out on these kids because oftentimes a lot of these kids, that's all they need is just somebody in their lives to just be there to support them. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it's like, all right, I have two kids of my own that are on the basketball team for their schools and the same stuff that I'm trying to pour into somebody else's kids. I could very easily be pouring into mine. And now I'm at that point where I'm like, am I neglecting my own kids for trying to struggle dealing with somebody else's kids when I really don't have to. I think a big a difference, and I know you'll be able to relate to this too, and I've noticed this just with myself and my and my own kids, and I mean, you know, obviously Xavier's kids, because he's, that's one thing about the two of us, we're both very competitive, always have been, and it's like you can't, it's almost like this generation doesn't have a competitive spirit or the same competitive spirit that we have. At which all. drives you <laughs> to want to be better. Because that was one thing I never understood, you know, coming into Jada's life when she was seven. And I, I've always been competitive. Xavier's competitive. That's part of the reason we get along so well. Mm-hmm. And coming in and she's just, yeah. I'm like, what is wrong with you? It drives me crazy. You know, it, it's nuts. It's like, I want you to do better, but I want you to want to do better. I don't expect perfection. Right. You know, and that's one thing I've tried to make sure that you know, it's been different with the way I, I treat my kids is I don't expect you to be perfect. I expect you to try. Exactly. I expect you to try to improve. I don't expect you to win. I want you to learn how to lose so it can drive you to do better. But these but kids do it's not care. It's like, no, at all. And I don't get it. And honestly, honestly, I'm so glad it's coming from you because <laughs> that that's, what's been pushing my buttons every day. So I've said on this podcast several times, it's like the kids that we handle, a lot of them have never played, nor do they have the resources to do AAU or personal trainers and things like that. Mm -hmm. So coming into this season, we're like, you know what? We're going to start as early as possible so we can teach them the basics. So that way, by the time we start getting closer to the season, all of that stuff will be out of the way, and we actually trust them to go out there and handle the ball, make their layups, be able to shoot free mm-hmm. throws and things like that. But if you walked in practice today, it would be as if they've never touched a ball a day in their lives, and we've been practicing yeah. for two months. So that's the part that's racking my brain because it's like, okay, where is the disconnect? Like that's mm-hmm. the challenge that I'm taking on myself. Like how can I reach these kids? So I've tried making it fun, even though we're still teaching, try to make it fun where they're actually enjoying what they're doing. Then I've tried the whole drill sergeant thing. Like we're going to do this my way and blah, 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 blah. But like you just said, it's like, okay, I'll miss a thousand layups. I don't have no desire to correct it to make a thousand. <laughs> right. And then I'll just come back in tomorrow and do it all over again. And then going to my own kids, 
Aubrey is extremely tall for her age. She's about the same size as Angelina now. And last year was her first year ever playing. So she wanted to do it again this year. I've been telling her all summer, work on getting better so that when the season does start, the coach can be like, you know what? I can tell you've been working on your game. Well, Aubrey's kind of girly girl. I'm I'm shocked that she even plays basketball because she's I don't want to get myself in trouble when I say what You're I'm not saying. Gonna get but, it's like, <laughs> but it's like, you know what I'm saying? Like I don't want to say girls are tomboyish because they're aggressive on the basketball court and things like that, but you get what I'm trying to say. It's like they got a, a toughness about them. They'll get no, on the court no, and go play right. with boys and hold their own. Right. Where Aubrey is feminine. Like, she don't want to get sweaty. She don't want to get dirty. And I'm like, why in the hell are you on a basketball team? But long <laughs> story short, the coach is trying to develop her into the point guard. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, she can dribble and this and that. But then once you start applying pressure to it, she don't want no parts of it. So it's like, I come in here and I'm like, here, let's watch these videos. Let's go outside. Let's work on dribbling. Let's work on this and that. But mm-hmm. she's so nonchalant about it. To almost, I'm like, okay, do you not care? Like, you have got to get better. I'm trying to push her and push her. But then it's like, like what you're saying, it's like, man, these kids, deep down, it feels like they don't care. No, we, we went through the same exact thing for Jada. And no one, she's probably going to listen to this. She can yell at me later. But I'm being honest, and, you know, she's, she's 18 now. She's in the Air Force. So she's living out in California on her own. She's making moves, and I'm, and I'm proud of her. But, you know, I, I was a I was a band geek in high school, but I grew up around guys. I grew up, you know, playing sports, playing kickball outside, you know, and just being, just being competitive, always competing with the guys. Mm-hmm. So I've always been competitive. And that's part of the reason I am the way I am. So when she wanted to do marching band, she wanted to do band, and she was a natural like myself when it came to trumpet, I was like, cool, because there's some really competitive aspects about marching band that people don't realize. There's an entire drum corps international that is nothing but people that are like age, I want to say 16 or 17 to 20, caps out at 21. Mm-hmm. They spend half the year practicing and the entire summer touring the nation, and they are fantastic um like it's it's just expert it's it's amazing to watch so when we had the chance there was um like a tour of champions and basically like the top 10 12 drum corps um they were touring and they were like four hours away from us oh let's go because some of these you know you don't get to see they're out in california um the cavaliers are out of illinois which is an all-male drum corps and it's just a really competitive spirit for somebody who is into it like myself I take her to go see this, and she's like, I don't get it. <laughs> I'm like, what? What? Like, I'm looking at people that, you know, that movie drumline that I can't stand. That, it's, it's like seeing, not necessarily celebrities, these are, these are students, but it's just fantastic, all the work and everything that's gone into it, and they legitimately mm-hmm. compete. And yeah. she's just like, I don't, I don't get it. I'm like, well, what do you mean you don't get it? But it was the same thing when she said, you know, she wanted to play basketball, but then she didn't want to practice. And we went out and we bought a hoop. And she you know, had pretty natural shooting skills, but unless we were out there with her, she wasn't going out and she wasn't practicing. Exactly. Like, I don't, I, I don't want to sit here and go, hey, go practice. I want you to want to practice for your 
yourself to make yourself better and trying to figure out how to instill that, it feels like it's impossible sometimes. Yeah. I can't make you be competitive. I can't make you want it. You have to want it. You have to know why you want it. You know, I'm that, not saying, you know, like, let's, you know, be WNBA, let's, you know, whatever. Right. But want something. Like, Adriana has really good hands. So mm-hmm. if she wants to play football, I'm all I'm all for it. That's been a whole other conversation in itself. But she wants to play softball, too. And the girl has a hand for it. She's got a pretty strong arm, too. Mm-hmm. I don't know if, I don't know how she's going to do when it comes to that. Because her whole thing right now is, well, I don't know how to play. And I'm having to explain to her, baby, nobody knows how to play when they start out. That's why you learn. Exactly. It's like she's so worried. She's so scared about not knowing that the willingness to learn is just disappeared. Yep. And I have no idea where that comes from. I don't know. Maybe it is a a generational thing. I don't know because it's like even the kids at practice, we're like, hey, it's basketball season. Go home, watch a game. Go look at YouTube. Go look at this and look at that. Like, I literally just sat down with Aubrey and Peyton last night showing them different videos and things like that. And I'm like, I remember when I was a kid, nobody had to tell me. Like, I loved Allen Iverson. Like, I knew every time Allen Iverson was going to come home, come come home, mm-hmm. come on TV. So <laughs> I would come home to watch the games. Like, even when right. he was in college, it was like, I'm, I was drawn to that. Where now it's like I was asking Peyton, I was like, you know, who's your favorite basketball player? And all he's doing is regurgitating stuff that he hears me talk about. So, of course, he's going to name LeBron because, hell, everything in my house is LeBron. (laughs) So I was like, you know, who is Kyrie Irving? And he had no idea. So I showed him different clips. I was like, Uh who's Kevin Durant? He had no idea. But it's like certain kids on my team, they're familiar with basketball. They have that thirst. They have that hunger. And I think that's the issue because we have top-level talent, three or four kids, and then the next 10 is just, all right, we, we're going to have to work with them. So coming into practice every day, the kids that know how to do it, it's like, are they getting bored with it? And right. maybe that's why they're having some issues with talking back and Oh, they already know how to do this, so it's too easy for them. And it's just trying to figure out that that disconnect. But I know this week, I was ready to walk out the door, literally. Like, I was done with it. I really was. Because it's just, like you said earlier, it's like the whole disrespectful aspect of it. And I finally had to tell him, I was like, look, I'm not your teacher. I'm not your mother or your father. I don't know what they demand or ask of you, but I'm telling you now, you're going to show me respect. And if you right. can't show me respect, then you got to go on out the door. One of y'all going out the door is either y'all or it's going to be me. <laughs> That's exactly what I told him the other day. And I was just like, I hate that it came out that way because I hope I didn't scare none of them. But it's like, no, nah, something's got to give. It really does. Well, and, and this this is where it goes back to, this is where it comes back to the parents. Because I, I think about it this way. You know, how much growing up did we go, I'm never going to be like my parents. I'm never going to treat my kids like that. How many of us said that? Now, how many of us have actually done that? <laughs> and but not necessarily in a good way, you know. Yeah, I, I know my parents did the best raising me that they they possibly could not, and I love them for it. And there's tough love, you know, a lot of tough love in there. But we still raise our kids with tough love too. But you got some kids getting raised with a kid's other glove in their hand, yeah. and a silver spoon in their mouth, and it shows. 
And then you kind of wonder where some of that entitlement, where that lack of drive comes from. And I'm not saying it's necessary for everybody to have that. You know, you raise your kids how you raise your kids and how you feel is best for them and what, you know, is best for the family overall. I'm, I'm just saying that difference in mindset generationally, not just in our kids, but in us as parents. Right. That's what's making this big, this big difference right now. That's what we're seeing as a result. No, I it's, agree. It's definitely evolutionary. I agree. Um, and constantly, constantly evolving. And we could, we could go so deep into that on so many levels, but we won't. <laughs> Not right now. <laughs> right. right. But, because that's, that's a whole other subject for a whole other day. But I think it really comes back to parents and what, how they instill that in their kids. Like that kid at practice, is that kid there because they want to play basketball or because their parent wants them to play basketball? You know what? That's a good question too, because that's the part that I'm I'm battling with myself. It was like growing up, we had to play. Like I had mm-hmm. that dad where it was like, you're not going to sit in the house all day. You're going to yep. play a sport. And I got pushed and pushed and pushed. And at first I didn't like it. I didn't like basketball. But then that's when I realized it was like, okay, I'm, I'm kind of decent at it. So it became fun. Mm-hmm. But I always told myself, I was like, I'm not going to push my kids and force them to do anything. So now it's like I keep giving them the choice. Now, deep down, I'm praying that they're like, no, dad, I don't want to play basketball. <laughs> I'll be devastated. But it's like, okay, they're playing. They're they're choosing to play. And now I'm hoping that it's like, okay, they're going. I'm going to wake up and go outside and they're already outside shooting or they're already outside right. dribbling. But instead, it's wake up, they're playing Roblox and watching Roku and whatever else they do. And then it's like, all right, what did you do today to get better at basketball? Then they get uh-huh. to staring into space. Uh, and I'm like, uh-huh. see, how do you expect to get better if you're not willing to put in the work? Exactly. And that's where I'm, I'm playing tug of war with myself because it's like, I don't want to force them because then I'm going to burn them out. And then I'm going to be a repeat of what I said. I didn't want to do because of what was done to me. But then at the same time, it's like, if I don't push them, then I know they're never going to get better. Or if they do, it'll be later on in life. But nowadays it's like, everything is such a, I don't, I don't know how to word it where it's like, they're no longer teaching the game. You already have to be good. And if you're not good, then you serve no purpose on the team. And that's the part that and I And I hate. think that's where Adrian Yeah, I think that's where Adriana gets it. Because like I'm like, she's she she's tall. She's almost as tall as we me, which we know is not hard to do because I'm short. But <laughs> she's ten years old and she's already surpassed my mom, who's four eleven. And I'm five two and she's probably gonna be taller than me by the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Because her dad's her dad's six one, so you know I want her to do this stuff, and she's like, "Yeah, that looks like fun." So she'll sit down. She she's been watching the playoffs with us. She's been watching football with us for years. But she's like, "Oh, I don't know how to play. I don't want people to make fun of me." And I'm like, "You gotta get getting past that being scared of learning." Like you said, they right. it's almost like they expect the kids to show up and know how to do it, know how to do this. And if you don't, then you don't serve a purpose. Well, then where's the learning coming from? Exactly. And that's the difference. And that's why I tell people it's like, I'm actually trying to 
teach them. Yeah. Because otherwise it was like, here, give me the best five kids. The rest of y'all, hey, <laughs> you just here for practice. <laughs> You're never going right. to get in the game. I have no intentions on putting you in the game. I'll go out there with four people before I put one of y'all in. But it's like we're actually trying to teach them, and that's where that frustration comes in at because it's like, okay, I can't do it, so they're not even going to try. No, I'm going to push you until you can do it. But nowadays, it's I think like, that's where we have to get down that balance between, you know, we all made fun of it when they're like, oh, yeah, we're going to give out participation trophies. And everybody in our generation was laughing, like, participation trophies for what? But now you have kids that are scared to even try. Yep. And that's, uh, yeah. Yeah. I get it. I get it. Like I said, we can we can talk about this for days, and I won't oh go God. that far. Because it was like, you know, real <laughs> quick, and we'll get off here. Um, Thursday, no, Wednesday, my kids didn't have practice at their school, so I brought them over there where I was to let them practice with our team. So they're going through the layup lines and stuff like that. So I'm getting on to them the way I get on to my players. And it's like a deer in the headlights. It's like now I see this fear in my kids because they're like, wait a minute, who is this guy? This ain't dad. (laughs) It's a whole (laughs) nother person. But that's what I'm saying. It's like I'm trying to drive you all, motivate you to go hard. Like if you practice hard, you're going to play hard. But these kids today, they don't. They don't grasp that concept. It's just everything just supposed to be handed to them. I don't get it. Yeah. I don't and get I, it. I, and I'm with you, too. And I'll, I'll just say this last thing is that, you know, my parents, their whole thing was keep me busy and keep me out of trouble, which we all know didn't work. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, so now I'm trying to figure out, I'm trying to help Adriana and figure out, you know, what she might like. So I'm looking at the local schedule, the community center schedule. I'm like, okay, well, you know, basketball auditions are coming up and they, and put everybody on a team no matter what. Mm-hmm. And then after that, we got volleyball. Then we got softball. Then we, I'm like, you know what? Try try all of them. You know, I don't care. Yep. If you don't like it, fine, but finish out the season. Exactly. And it makes me wonder how many is she going to just go, well, I don't know how to do it, so I don't want to. Yeah. You know, and I don't want her to, I want her to find something that she genuinely enjoys. But exactly. I'm going to have to put her through every little bitty thing because she's too scared herself to take that first step and go, I want to try this. Yeah. I said it's just it's just trial and error, just trying to figure it out. Like I said, I'm in that same boat. I'm in that same boat. So we'll get through it. I wish somebody had told us that parents, you know, being parents is hard. <laughs> That's why I said sometimes it's like I do tell myself, I'm like, you know what? I understand why my dad did this now. Mm-hmm. I will, I will never admit to it, but <laughs> I get it now. Like I used to be so oh. frustrated. I used to be so mad because I just felt like it was a form of punishment or something. But in reality, mm-hmm. he was trying to prepare us for the road ahead. And that's why I'm I'm looking at it now where it's like, okay, I'm trying to pour these gems into my kids, these basketball kids. But it's like now I have to be patient enough to understand that it's like, okay, their kids, their minds are not mature enough to grasp some of these concepts that we're talking about. Right. So this was very therapeutic. You know what? I think I needed to it have was. this episode with you <laughs> because I was getting That's ready to like, quit. Well, we can talk about that. I'm not even joking. I was getting ready to quit. Like I was ready. Like I was really contemplating, like, is it even worth it? And it's like, I hate that I even thought that because it's like, all right, you've been committed to these kids for years and you're just going to turn your back on them. 
But it's like pulling teeth trying to get them to understand that I'm doing all this with the best intentions. Right. So, you know what? You, no. you didn't talk me off the ledge twice with this Tom Brady stuff <laughs> and basketball. All maybe, right. I, maybe I need to consider a career change. No, no. <laughs> uh, I, I have to get talk to my husband because, like, learning to be a parent, to say that at seven years old and then learn to be a parent, you know, to Adriana as I'm still growing up. You know, mm-hmm. and he's got soldiers himself. And we can, I'm just going to say this real quick. We, you know, we compare him being his leadership to being a parent because he parents the soldiers at work. And he has helped me to be a better parent here at home. Mm-hmm. Cause he's like, you know, that's not getting through to him. You know, sometimes you just got to take your battles and, and learning to pick my battles has been the hardest thing I've learned to be a parent. There you go. But yeah, you, you got, sometimes you've got to, you've got to understand it's just not going to work out and you've got to let it go and just move on to the next one. And that's all you can do. That's perfect. But <laughs> Coach, when you hear this, man, I'll be back Monday. <laughs> I ain't on vacation no more. I'll be back Monday. I definitely appreciate your time. Like I said, I hate no, that uh, we had a few technical difficulties with the Zoom or whatever. I have the audio. I'm going to try to clean up this video because I have no idea what got recorded or not. I know it's going to be ugly. But um, we'll make it work. Like I said, I definitely appreciate your uh, joining the podcast again um, for those that no, are listening for me vent. of course of course anytime that's why I tell people man the mic's open just let me know I'll accommodate your time work around whatever you got going on and we'll make it happen Um, for those that are listening man please go subscribe to the YouTube channel I respectfully disagree podcast hit the thumbs up share comment tell a friend tell a friend of a friend uh, follow the IG page. Do all that good stuff. Is there anything you want to shout out real quick? No, not really. I'm so tired with all the Thursday night football games and how horrible they've been. But Look, we didn't even touch on that. I forgot all about I that. I know. Me too. We'll have to do it next time if it continues like this. Because I swear, it's horrible, but you can't take your eyes off of it. <laughs> Last night wasn't too bad. I mean, don't get me wrong. Andy Dalton bad, is but... trash. But from the defensive perspective, the two pick sixes made it worth watching. It it, it did, but before that, you're sitting there going, oh, they're going to hit the, another field goal, and then it just took off. So long as I don't have to see Russell episode. Wilson again, I'm good. <laughs> yeah, enough of that. Yeah, most definitely. Like I said, y'all, y'all take care, man. Appreciate nah, you. Nah, you too. Thanks, baby. Toasted, no competition. Amisha posting. I feel so high. I feel so live. My body's in the twine. Amisha posting. I feel so live. And I know why that I can't deny. Amisha posting. Giddy, fine wine. Fools, mock liquor. Wish me I'm high class.